Pacific Conversations from the Development Policy Centre with Tess Newton-Kane. My name is Tess Newton-Kane and I'm a Research Associate with the Development Policy Centre. As part of the Pacific Conversations series, I'm able to spend some time today with Otto Tebby, who is the former Governor of the Central Bank of Vanuatu, and we are going to discuss the economic situation in Vanuatu. So thank you, Otto, for making some time today to meet with me. Uh, thank you, Tess. Okay. So I'd like to start, if I may, by asking you to give us a recap of the key points that you identified at the Pacific update in June of this year as they relate to the Vanuatu economy. Well, uh, in at the end of June... In my presentation, I have uh, presented that there is optimism in the economy because of uh, huge pipeline projects. So there could be around three to four percent growth in the in the medium term. Uh, some of the projects have started, but uh, some of them have not started yet. So going forward, there is. Uh, uh, optimism going forward. But the w- recent uh, uh, data that was published by the National Statistics Office reveals that the actual growth for 2012 is lower than the than the forecast. Uh, so the, the the last forecast was around 2.3 percent, and the current actual data is around 1.8 percent, and it's still higher than. Uh, last year's growth, which is also just over one percent, so I think that's the challenge. So the the, the sectors that are offsetting uh, the decline, well, the the manufacturing, the industry sector declined a lot due to co- the construction sector, but it's offset by the agricultural and service sector, of which uh, tourism. Uh, is a dominant uh, part of the uh, services sector. So there is still optimism, but it will depend on how uh, the government ensures that there is uh, macroeconomic stability within the economy, as well as the projects are implemented on time. Okay, thank you. So you've said that generally you remain optimistic. Is there anything in particular that you can zero in on as being a particular cause for optimism in the near to medium term? Okay, in the in near to medium term, the, the cause of optimism is the bigger projects that will be coming. Uh, so they're in pipeline. They're in the pipeline, so they should be... Uh, they should be implemented soon. But the, the challenge with this huge project is it really uh, challenges state capacity. So we have the we have the problem of absorptive capacity. That's one of the challenges that we are facing in small island countries and Vanuatu is also facing the same challenges. So that's the main uh, challenges that we are facing. And uh, the the institutional capacity is, is, is quite it's quite weak. And the, the political environment, uh, it's uh, fragile and fluid, and uh, it, it, it is a challenge to implement, implement such a big project. So uh, that will be the, the risk uh, going forward. But the optimism is that these projects are being signed. 
the, the, the threat is, not, well, the challenge, the main challenge is uh, there will be, some of the projects will be implemented towards the end of next year. So if that is the scenario, then we could have, we could revise the growth downwards again. Uh, we could revise the growth downwards, so it should hover no more than 2%. So that will be the, uh, the challenge because of the huge uh, industry sector decline. Mm -hmm. yeah. So is there, a, there's obviously some sort of a lag. What, what sort of time frame is, does that lag cover between when the projects actually mobilise and when we'll see the impact mm -hmm. in terms of economic growth? Well, in my, in my own experience, uh, uh, if, if we sign for a big project today and then we start working on the documents, the paperwork, it will take up to four years. Mm -hmm. And it could take up to five years. And that will depend on the institutional capacity and the, and the leadership within the, within the country. So it can take that long. So it is quite challenging for economists to forecast an economy based on, on the construction of huge projects. And uh, this, is the, this is the challenge because the, uh, also the, the donors have their own uh, uh, set of rules or conditions like uh, meeting certain standards. And that is a challenge for small countries like Vanuatu. Uh, but you can see the actual uh, work, uh, public works program or any other construction activity maybe at the end of four to five years. So that's the uh, realistic uh, time frame that these projects will be implemented. And after when they are implemented, the government, what the government needs to do is to have a supportive environment for uh, these projects and other uh, infrastructure or other arrangements could be complementary to make it work. So you, if you have the roads, for example, you, you need to have other supporting infrastructures to make it work, like the the banking, uh, as well as the education, uh, because if not, uh, these projects will remain stand alone and they, they will not spare economic growth. In the near to medium term, yes, but in the long term, if we don't have uh, uh, other supporting or supporting environment, then that could be a challenge uh, in the uh, in the longer term. So looking at the, the broader picture, what are, how optimistic are you or what can you see that indicates there are movements within the policy environment to do that plugging in that you've just referred to, to build a, a wider supporting infrastructure? Well, I think the, what the donors are doing is they're trying to help the, uh, the public sector and especially public works and other uh, institutions to ensure that the capacity is beefed up uh, for these projects to be implemented. And not only that, uh, these projects are dependent upon other laws as well. Uh, so in, in Vanuatu we don't have other laws. For example, the building code, for example. So it has to depend on that. And for a country like Vanuatu, going to parliament is always challenging uh, politically because there could be another photo of no confidence, so things could slow down. So that is the, the challenge. But uh, it's sort of uh, these projects, other projects, they come and they fit in with what's already in there. Uh, but for, this pro for some of these projects, uh, 
what it means is you have to change the whole rules of the game, and that is by introducing new legislation, and that is the, the challenge. And the institutional know-how as well as the capacity to do those things is, is a challenge, but that's where the donor is needed uh, for support. Okay, that's great. Thank you. You've mentioned um, that you have concerns about political stability and the absorptive capacity. Are there any other particular issues that give you cause for concern in relation to the economic outlook at the moment? Well, the, the cause of concern is after we have the Millennium Challenge Fund project or the MCCDF at the Ring Road, which is funded by US uh, US government, then it stopped for a while and then the economy declined. And that is also partly as a result of the global financial crisis where the world economy is not doing well and the, the outlook is, is not looking that brighter. Uh, but once you have such a project, you need to have uh, a continuance of other projects making to make sure that uh, these uh, projects work. Uh, but it may not necessarily be such a big project, but you need, like I've said earlier, what you need is the supporting policy environment. For example, you have the MCC road, but you don't find huge investments around Evante. Uh, it's, it, it may be good uh, social environment, but what we want is the, the economic returns out of it, and that is we want to see uh, agricultural project, tourism projects, and other economic-related activities. Uh, uh, some are sta starting, but it's it's quite slow. But this may be due to the uh, uh, the what's happening around the world now. This uh, uh, the world economy is not really doing well, and the, even the World Bank are uh, downgrading their forecast. So that could be a challenge, and. Even some of the private sector also alluding to the fact that the world economy is doing, not doing well and it's quite risky to uh, to invest. So that will be the challenge going forward. But that challenge is beyond Vanuatu's control. Mm -hmm. What Vanuatu can do is ensure that there is uh, the supporting infrastructure. But you can address all these supply side issues, but what you need also is the demand side. So that has to come from the investors themselves yeah. and the new Vanuatu themselves. So if they want to uh, to invest, so that will make the equation complete. Because if you have the, all the supply side uh, uh, solutions, but there's no demand side for it, then that's a big challenge. Okay, so it sounds like you know we're very much at a, a wait and see sort of stage. There are some reasons to be optimistic, but then there are also some other things yeah. that may may cause challenges. Yeah. I mean, for the near to medium term, there is optimism, but in the longer term, I think we need to be cautious. So I think that that, that should be the message, uh, because in the longer term, if the policy environment is not right, and there's no another a bigger project, then the economy might uh, uh, either decline or remain at one to two percent again. Uh, but you you need uh, the policy mix to make the economy uh, grow. Okay. That is the challenge. So I guess on a related issue, Vanuatu is often held up as um, the success story for this part of the world and, and an, an economy, an economic framework that other Melanesian states should look to emulate. Is that a view you would ascribe to? 
and what might be your reasons for that? Uh, well, yes and no. Uh, yes, in a sense that uh, during the reforms and after the reforms, we did some things right. Uh, and it resulted in economic growth, but it's also because of luck as well. The economy was booming, the real estate was booming, tourism was booming. Uh, that's due to the world economy as well. And then after the global financial crisis, then the economy started to decline. So what it shows that uh, Vanuatu's economy is vulnerable to external events. So that is the, the challenge, is to ensure that we have, uh, we have uh, resilience in the, in the economy. Uh, I think the, uh, going, going forward, what will be important is the leadership uh, within the government. So because we have this uh, fragmentation, in the political fragmentation, uh, it's okay for some, but it also could have an impact on the state capacity. It could weaken state capacity. So that is the, the, the challenge. And, go, and going forward, you need the state capacity to ensure that a big projects can be implemented. And now that uh, Vanuatu has grown for the past years, and uh, the last big big projects that we have uh, uh, seen is the MCC, but the next projects will be, they will double the size of the MCC projects. And that means state capacity is very important to ensure that uh, these projects are implemented, but after that, they have to be maintained. Mm -hmm. and, and that will be the challenge going forward. Also, you need the supporting uh, fiscal environment to ensure that it's going to be maintained and the leadership. And that will be the, the challenge. So the challenge for us is, that, yes, the economy is growing. If it's declining now, but it's growing for the last 10 years. So that's a good story. Uh, but it is growing currently in an environment where uh, we have, I mean, the government, we, we have a government, but it's uh, uh, the foundation is like uh, the coalition governments are in a fluid and fragile environment. So that is the, the challenge. The leadership can change a lot, and uh, governments come with their own priorities. So mm -hmm. that is the main challenge. And every election, and now that this, with, with the current parliament in place, you see... Uh, the fragmentation has deepened, and that is the, the challenge going forward. But that is that requires a political solution. Mm -hmm. It does not require an economic solution. Mm -hmm. But uh, the, the, the main challenge is how it will affect uh, the economy uh, going forward. So the, the success story is uh, like it is, uh, we've been doing well. Uh, but going forward, it will depend on the political environment, and that will be the key uh, mm -hmm. challenge. And not only that, uh, what you need is uh, good governance. And it has revealed that even in, in countries that have good governance, you have a high growth rate. But the challenge is when, even if you have poor governance, and you have high growth rate, like in other countries in the world, uh, the challenge is... Uh, uh, how it affects the poor, and that's where the good governance comes comes in. You, where there is no good governance, you see a lot of inequality, and uh, the service delivery is, is quite poor. So that's the the challenge. But that comes again with the 
basic issue of uh, having the state capacity and leadership. Mm. So I guess just to, to as, a, as my final question and to really pick up on that point, you know, when we talk about Melanesian states and Melanesian economies, it's, you know, we don't get very far down that track before the issue of corruption arises. So what would be your perception of corruption in Vanuatu? How significant is it? Do you see it as something that's becoming more of a problem or less of a problem? What, what would, looking across um, the economy as a whole, how significant is that for Vanuatu? Well, when I was studying in Papua New Guinea, Semakere uh, Murauta, uh, when I was still, uh, uh, well, he, he, he was a businessman, he was uh, about to enter politics, and he was saying, uh, in PNG, uh, corruption is systemic and systematic. And I, I'm, I'm, th I'm my, my view now is looking back and seeing what's happening now and uh, going forward. It looks like uh, uh, we are sort of uh, becoming like that if we are not careful. So corruption is quite endemic. Uh, 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 so that, that will be the challenge uh, going forward is how to uh, get rid of corruption. But that will be the challenge. So you see corruption in land dealings. Uh, you see corruption in the way uh, uh, senior resources are appointed. You see corruption uh, in the way funds are used for infrastructure and so forth. And that also affects uh, uh, infrastructure development in this country. So uh, that is a challenge. But uh, not to the extent like in other countries where they, they are resource richer than Vanuatu. Uh, for example, like in the Solomons and you see a lot in the locking industry in in the PNG because they have a lot of resources. There's a lot of rain seekers out there. But in, in Vanuatu, you tend to see uh, it at a, at a different level, maybe in, in land dealing, for example. So uh, corruption is there. And it's also part of what I said earlier. It's to do with the political fragmentation uh, because you are fragmented. And the challenge with fragmentation is there's a lot of parties for just 200,000 people. And you want to win as much photos as possible, so you tend to do things which are not conventional or not common. Uh, but that is the, the challenge uh, for a young country uh, going forward. So if the economy is growing and we have corruption is endemic, it will only result in uh, further inequality and uh, a lack of service delivery to the to the poor or to people who are facing hardship in the rural and urban population. So that will be the end product of, uh, of uh, uh, corruption. But it will remain a challenge. The good news about Vanuatu is our, our judiciary system is still independent. So that's a, a good thing. And unlike other countries around the world, especially in developing countries where the judiciary is not independent. So that is, that is the, uh, as long as we can maintain uh, these things, then uh, it will be a good thing going forward. Okay, thank you very much, Otto, for your time and sharing your thinking on the Vanuatu economy. And it's been great, as always, to catch up with you and chat. Well, thank you, Tess. You're welcome.
you have been listening to a podcast from the Development Policy Centre. For more information on our work, visit our website at devpolicy.anu.edu.au.